0: Welcome to Journey to Motherhood, the podcast that has conversations with women who yearn for parenthood and are contemplating or are going through or have gone through so-called unconventional or unspoken of experiences to get there. My desire is that this becomes one of those helpful resources and that the stories of the people who participate will help anyone listening to realize that they are not alone. Welcome everyone. I'm here today with Heather and I'm so excited about having her on the show today. I am really excited for her to share her story with you, her ups and downs and her journey to mother. And I know Heather particularly well, so (laughs) I can make sure that she's sharing absolutely everything she needs to. Wow. well, (laughs) (laughs) as much as I can, as much as you can. Yes. But Heather, Talk to me about when you first decided you wanted to become a mother. Well, so first of all, thanks for having me here. I think this is such an important topic and one I think so many women just go through without really any support. So when I'm asked that question, because I thought about it when I was coming here and I was like, well, when did I think about this? It was always there. I, I knew I was going to be a mother. I was going to finish university, get married and have two and a half kids. I didn't ever think that there would be a struggle to have children or that I would have infertility issues or anything to that effect. I just thought, I'm going to be a mother when I'm ready. When I'm ready, I'll get pregnant. So it's very difficult for me to say when, because it's almost, I'm probably generalizing, but it's almost every girl's dream, right? So for some girls, it's, it's being married and their wedding day. For me, it was always, I was going to have a child, Mm. You know, I was always going to, I was going to have a child and that was that. It was never, you know, a point in time that said, this is when I thought I was going to to have a baby. It was always there in my my head and in my heart. And, you know, because you started this journey, you met someone, you you guys are, you know, crazy about each other. You have a great relationship and, you know, you're like, okay, so let's have children or was that conversation ever had? Or was it just something you guys assumed, well, it will happen? Well, I mean, until probably in my 30s, I I was very careful not to get pregnant. Yes, right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I wanted my career to make sure I was in the right place in terms of my career. So, you know, I knew I wanted to be a mom. I was sure of the fact that I was going to be a mom. But I, what I didn't want was to be, to be boxed in in terms of my career. So until the 30s, I was quite certain that I didn't want to be pregnant at the time. So, uh, you know, I, if I could tell you about my teen years and my, well, not teen, 20s, and the number of morning after pills I took, <laughs> it would embarrass <laughs> me and you because I shouldn't <laughs> it shouldn't have been like that. But I did. So when I met Aubrey, who's now my husband, it was like, okay, for now we're not going to have a baby until we get to know each other. But two, two years in, I started thinking, how cool would it be if we were parents? We, we should be parents. And that's when we started. So, you know, I stopped on all the medication that was, you know, the contraception. And we then started the journey to, to get pregnant. And, you know, it was six months, then a year, and then nothing, you know, 18 months. At first it was, you yeah, know, don't worry about it. You've been on contraception for so long. Mm. You'll be okay. But then it started getting a little bit uncomfortable, right? 18 months in and nothing, nothing is absolutely happening. Perhaps we should go and see the doctor this point I think Aubrey was like why we're fine mm. there's nothing wrong with us let's just let's keep chill. don't you know think about it too mm. much we'll be okay actually it's, it's a funny story because I remember we had quite a big fight about this because I said well just come with me let's just go check what's the harm in going to check and he said why why must I check we're fine mm. So the first appointment, funny enough, I went on my own Mm. because I was like, I'm going to just go and check what's wrong. Let me just go get the tests done. And that's when the journey started. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Tell me a bit about the journey. So I go to the doctor and the doctor says, look, you know, you've got fibroids and um, they're very large. They're pretty large. I think I had three or four fibroids. They're pretty large. But in terms of your cycle and everything else that goes with it, you're fine. Mm. So, I mean, listen, it's just fibroids. And everybody you ask about fibroids, it's almost like most women have fibroids. And so when you ask women uh, and, or you say to people, I've got fibroids, no one really, you know, thinks that's a bad thing or yeah. that's a negative in terms of, of your fertility. They're just like, it's fine. It's fibroids. Yeah. yeah. I had lots of fibroids and I got pregnant. So I didn't take I wasn't worried about it at that point. It wasn't a worry at that point. I had fibroids and so what. I mean, at this point, it's very important for me to say this. Financially, both of us were in a, our career was fine, but we were never going to be able to afford financially any fertility treatment. So we just didn't have the money for that. So to even think about that wasn't even in my head to say, oh no, you've got fibroids, but start the journey for fertility treatment. So another two years went by. Because Did I you was get your like, fibroids taken out? No, because oh, wow. I was like, well, I mean, everybody gets pregnant mm. with fibroids, so I mean, it's it must be something else. We're getting to that point, and now we're like, okay, there's a problem. We shouldn't, mm. do, we shouldn't be. It's in been this four position. years of trying. It's been four years of trying, mm. and there is now a problem. Let's both go, and that's when we found out that both him and I, you know, had fertility issues, and we needed to go through. And the best possible way of doing this was to go through fertility treatment to get pregnant. Now, fertility treatment is expensive. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's very important that everybody knows it's an expensive procedure. And it's probably one of the things that really hurts me and that I advocate for is for medical aides to understand that this is not an option. It's not, it's not optional. Okay. It's not it is optional, perhaps, for those who are like, well, I'd like to have a boy or a girl and want to choose the gender, which in itself, by the way, is apparently illegal. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. Did you try? <laughs> it's illegal. <laughs> I will tell All you, you the you know it's, it's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> but it's expensive. So it meant that, okay, we're four years into the journey, but we're being told what fertility treatment actually costs. I think at the time, if I'm not mistaken, they said around about 100,000. Sure. That's what they said. Round about 100,000. So what do you do? You save, right? So you start saving and you think about this. And at the same time, you're still trying because surely, surely mm. it will be okay, you know. And I think at this point, all around me, people were starting to have kids. Mm. You, I think, at mm. the time. You started had had Dana, your firstborn. And so it was like, Everybody's having a baby, but it's not so bad. It's not Mm. bad, we still have this, let's save. Mm. But the pressure starts coming from all directions, CJ. Your mom starts saying, guys, (laughs) I want a grandchild. Mm. Everybody's getting married and having children. And you're saying, we're trying, but the truth of the matter is you don't want everybody to know this. So you're like, no, guys, I'll have a child later. Don't Mm. worry about it when deep down... Behind closed doors, you guys are struggling to have a child. And there's this unspoken pain. And ex- Exactly. An unspoken pain about the fact that you want this child, but you can't say to people, we can't have this child. Mm. It's also very important to note the few things and dynamics that I learned was infertility for women is slowly becoming acceptable to discuss. Mm-hmm. Infertility for men, you know, is... It's almost taboo, taboo. It, it doesn't to exist. No one it doesn't discuss, exist. It doesn't exist in theory. In, and right. you know, so you can't say, "Well, you know, we we are both infertile. We actually have a problem." Mm. You know what I mean? And the definition of infertility, as I use the word "infertile," because people don't like to use that word, mm. is the inability to have a child naturally mm. within a year. Within a year, one year. Wow, really? So once you have passed the year, you have a fertility. You've challenge. got a fertility challenge. Wow. To say infertile is such a loaded word, right? It's so loaded with Mm. negativity. I'm infertile. I'm unable. I I I have failed. I have failed. You know what I mean? And people don't realize that my trying for the first two years was actually a problem. Mm. That was infertility. And I ought to have gone to see somebody even before the two years. Mm. So that's the definition of Infertility, And this is what happens in the journey, right? So we start going through and we went to the first um, fertility specialist after having saved our little coins. And when I say we saved, I mean <laughs> we saved yes. and saved and saved and we wanted this and we saved. And we were not married. And everybody around us, and I'm African, so everybody around us is like, you're not married? Plus the church is like, well, you're not married, so that's the reason you're not having children. God doesn't bless People who aren't married. Wow. Was this an reason? actual conversation? Yes. Oh, my goodness. But the reason we weren't married was because we were saving to have a baby. Wow, I'm close to you and I didn't <laughs> even know, know this. So how could we get married? With what money we're trying to save to get a baby? Sure. Okay? So even when we asked for prayers, and even in church when we asked for prayers, there was always a look of, wow. Look, I mean, we'll pray for you, but, <laughs> but you're not married. <laughs> you know, God does not bless bless in a situation that you're in. So, so wow. sorry. You know? I mean, I think the only person who probably knew the struggle more than anybody was my mom. Mm-hmm. And I'd I'd say to her, you know, we can't even go and get married. We can't have a big wedding because we we're trying to save to go and get this done. And she helped as much as she could now. With costs, they tell you around 100,000 <laughs> until you have to buy certain medications. Mm-hmm. You have to have all the visitations. Yeah. Visitations, I think, were like 2,500 2,700 rands mm-hmm. at every time. And they want to see you ever so often. Mm-hmm. So we started learning that around 100,000 is but a, <laughs> an approximation. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you know we were we were determined. So the first one we went to, I remember going in there. It was really dark. The couches were dark. The walls were dark. The place was dark, and it just reminded me of like a really dingy place, like mm. a like a what's that word when something is like illegal, like, like illegal, underground, underground, exactly, yeah, like a little bit yeah. underground. Yeah. And, you know, when they do the test, they do you. And then, you know, they do Aubrey. And they have to test, okay, his sperm and all that stuff. So you have to go into a room to produce a cup. Mm. I want you to imagine a dark and dingy room where this Mm. man with so much pride has to do this. Oh, wow. (laughs) Okay. It felt so uncomfortable, you know. The magazines and and silly things that you think Mm. about. The magazines were... Like old and dingy. And you're like, I'm spending 100,000 rands in this place. And this is what it's all about. There's no dignity. There's no dignity to it. And it doesn't give you any sense of hope, right? It's like, you know, you're going into this dark place Mm. and this is it. But I thought our first experience with fertility treatment at this this place wasn't great. It really wasn't. I felt like we were a number that was just going through, Mm. you know. And I remember the first, we had the first IVF. I'm going to tell you the journey because it's not just one IVF. You know, we had the first IVF. And the way he told us that we weren't pregnant was so cold, you know, with no empathy for people who had just sunk in so much money. And he says, well, sorry, you know. Sure. And I mean, this has been a... A lifetime of assuming you'll have a child, naturally. You've had four years of going through and getting to understand and internalize for yourselves that we're going to have to spend money to have a child. You finally save the money. You go through the process. You've got a medical practitioner, and, and they say to you, well, sorry, you're not pregnant. You're not pregnant. Just like that? I'm not because when you do the fertility treatment, it's IVF. It's supposed to be, it's supposed to work. This it is supposed to work. It's supposed to, yeah. You said that it you would think. work. I've saved money for this and it's supposed to work. So you go in and we, you know, you, the first IVF and you're in this room and it's, it was just a bed, I remember. And then they say, you know, put up your legs and then they they do, you know, the the, the, the procedure to insert and everything. And you're like, <sighs> So hopeful, so mm. sure that this mm. is going to work. Because you don't put so much effort into something and it doesn't work. That's not how the world is supposed to be. You're supposed to put any effort and you're supposed to be rewarded. And they said, well, it didn't work. I remember going home and being so depressed about it and saying, okay, but it's just the first one. Come on, mm. put your armor on, together. get yourself together. You Let's can do, a, do this. Mm. You know what I mean? And I think at that time, we'd started talking about these options with you and you'd say, look, go to this other, am I allowed to actually say the, the Don't word? say the name of yeah. the clinic, go but to go clinic. to the other clinic. Try. Yeah. You know, this is where I got pregnant and I think that it's great. And I remember thinking a clinic is a clinic, CJ. Mm. <laughs> they do exactly the same thing. Surely it's no different, but I gave it a chance. So we start again. But what conversations are you and Aubrey having at this point? What is it like That's for good you one. when you go home? And what's the conversation in the car? When I think the first one was a, it was a great disappointment. But for some reason, I don't remember being too... We weren't very, very crushed about mm. it, the first one. I don't know why. Maybe there was a bit of hope, right? Mm. I remember o- Aubrey saying, it's okay. It's okay. We can do this. You know, we can do this, it's okay. But the anger was less when it came to the first one, that we weren't pregnant than the experience itself. Uh, We didn't like the experience. Mm. We felt like we were in a number. Mm -hmm. We didn't, we thought, you know, we were being pushed through really, really quickly. Come in, get out. And there didn't seem to be empathy Mm. in that first clinic. So the anger was less about, I think in the first one was less about we didn't get pregnant than it was about Why do these people not realize how much money we've spent? It's Mm. not fair. Okay. So, you know, we go around and I go for the second one. Now, the second one, listen, I am determined. I started exercising. Mm. I've started losing weight, eating better. Mm. Because, you know, they say you must be the healthiest you can be for for IVF to work. Mm. I think for the second one, I was the healthiest I had ever been. Mm. At least I thought I was. Yeah. (laughs) So I go in, and it's so different. It's a lot lighter. This is now the new clinic. clinic. Yeah, It's lighter. There's people around you. They seem to care. But of course, we're skeptical. I mean, they still want our money, guys. Mm. Let's not get You know what I mean? (laughs) But what I liked about the second one was, even just getting in, you felt like, okay, maybe there's hope in this. I met the most fantastic doctor. You know, if I tell you the things that he has done, I'll start crying because... This man treated both of us like we mattered. Mm. He was engaged and like he wanted us to be pregnant. He wanted us he to invested. have it. He was invested in it, mm. you know. Now, let me tell you, the second clinic was no cheaper. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's probably more expensive it's than the first one, actually. more expensive than the first <laughs> one. But this time he was honest with us. He said, listen, guys. Your infertility is so bad, okay, mm. that IVF is not enough. Wow. Now, let me go into science here. <laughs> IVF is, you know, in simple terms where, you know, think about a petri dish, right? Mm. And then there's an egg, and then there's sperm swimming around. 10,000, 20,000 sperm swimming around. They swim in the petri dish to the egg. And, and that's they, that they fertilize. And then that is then inserted into your body. Mm -hmm. Our type of interfertility was so bad that, you know, we didn't have, it wasn't going to work. It wasn't just going to work. So we had to do, it's still IVF, but we had to do what's, I don't know how you pronounce it, introsplasmic or whatever it is, ICSI, which is, I call it IVF on steroids. It's basically one sperm, one egg. They inject the sperm into this egg Put it in fridges, whatever it is, and then it becomes an embryo, and then that embryo. So there's not a lot of sperm; to one sperm, one egg. Wow and that's it. sure. It's a little bit more taxing to the body. There is more medication on your body. I mean the process is exactly the same with IVF to the to a certain point, okay? And then you go through all of this now, I'm thinking, okay. Let's save again. I remember this so distinctly because I think that particular year, my entire bonus <laughs> went to this thing and I was so determined. I was det- we were so determined to do this. We were like, okay, we're going to go do this. So they extract, you know, they, you, you have medication, they have eggs that they extract from you, which is a process on mm-hmm. its own. And then they obviously extract from Aubrey and then they do this this procedure. 11 eggs. What? Wow. I'm doing so well, <laughs> you know. You're feeling like 11. eleven eggs are extracted. I am feeling victorious. Wow. We've, this is it. We've got this. We are so happy. I mean, they call you and they tell you you had eleven eggs. Of those eleven, if I'm not mistaken, seven, seven survived. <laughs> wow! Yes. Biology. Yeah. What happens to the others? I have just didn't... no idea. Just I actually didn't don't I, they, just they didn't don't make it they don't make it or they're so poor of sure. poor form that that they just don't they just don't make it. But they, they remember these are eggs, hey? Mm. They extract eleven and seven embryos survive. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah. So seven embryos survive and they're in the fridge. And we're like, we're ready. You know, we're going to do this, and this time we're ready. And I remember the, Im- the implantation date. I was excited. I took photos. I told everybody. I think I told mm-hmm. you. I told mom. Everybody knew we were going in. I was and so positive. So invested. Everyone mm. was so sure we had this. We implanted two. It, um, and I want to remember this clearly because this was the most crushing one. We implanted two. And it took Everything I had not to go and have a pregnancy test because they tell you not to. You know, they say, you know, let's just do the blood test. It might be a false negative. Don't worry about it. I go in there and it's to work that morning. And that was the day I was supposed to get it. I call and my results aren't out. Okay. Why? And because they're quite quick, you know. I keep calling and for some reason that day something was off, <laughs> right? Mm. I decided, let's just go. Uh, Aubrey's like, let's just go. Let's just physically mm. go. And we go in there. And so they call you out, and they're like, Heather and Aubrey, and we sit down. And we just knew from the, from the nurse's face, you know, that we weren't pregnant. And I remember he, she said it, and she was so, she seemed, you know, like, again, like I said, this, this clinic was really good. She's like, I'm really, really sorry, but you're not pregnant. This time, this mm. time was bad. We went into the car and we sat in the parking lot. And when I say howled, I mean both of us just started crying. And I remember Aubrey going, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I know you wanted this and I know you wanted it badly. Sure. And we cried and cried and we were like, but why us? Why, Lord, why can't we do this? We would be such great parents. We know we would. Why are you doing this to us? We cried so hard. Remember now we told everybody. So everybody is like, wow. I was convinced. (laughs) I was convinced (laughs) you guys are pregnant. I was so convinced. I was like, you are pregnant. And now we have to tell everybody we're not pregnant. Mm. We weren't pregnant. What happened? You said ICSI is like super, super, super IVF. Mm. You said we would get pregnant. We didn't get pregnant. I mean, the doctor was like, "I, I don't even know what happened. At this point, I'm reading something, and in fact, he said it. I wasn't reading it. He said, Science can only go so far. There's a point when only god has control and i remember thinking wow i'd put so much in the science thinking it was going to happen without the spiritual part which was very important to me and is very important to me and though we prayed i didn't what i didn't do in that first cycle was realize that although science is from god ultimately only god decides and this sounds yes. like it's not scientific but ultimately even with all the signs, only he's, God he's decides. the one who finally Ultimately, decides. Yeah. Exactly. But we cried. And we were so depressed. I didn't go to work. I, I, you know, I was just like, where do I even start? Where do I even tell people that mm. actually that excitement that I had, that i had shared? Because I thought sharing was good. I'm sharing this because I want everybody to go through this. All that means nothing. That's when I gained the weight. I've always been a big girl. and Well, I haven't always been a big girl. But you know, I started gaining weight. But the weight started piling up. And I also started getting really, really depressed about this whole thing. And I didn't want to go anymore. Yeah, <laughs> you know? There's like, a point when you said, I'm not doing this anymore. I can't do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. But I could tell, you know, that was just almost like a defense mechanism. So if I can't, if I say I don't want it and I don't get pregnant, people won't feel so sorry for me. Mm. If I say I no longer want it and we've decided not to have babies, people won't feel so sorry for me. But I knew there was a yearning in my heart and in both of us that said, you, you want a baby, you know you do, mm. you know. And the worst things I'd hear sometimes were, well, why are you so stuck on this you know you can adopt now no you you, i mean you 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 schooled me on this eh? so yeah you and i had this conversation because you know so for the listeners we are cousins and we're 11 months apart and Mm. in my mind and my planning kind of approach to life i was like okay so our kids will grow up together so i was like okay this isn't working but guys you can don't, adopt. don't give up. Don't give up. There are other options you can adopt and you can still try, but you've adopted, but talk. To, I, you know, let me tell you, I know it's not said, it's not in malice that people say these things because it is an option, right? It's far as they're concerned why you can adopt. Think about adopting. This is the thing that people don't realize when you're struggling to have a baby is you're looking around you and Aubrey comes from a Big family, Mm. and you're seeing all these beautiful kids Mm. with your husband's features Mm. and you, you know, and the mother's features, and this is what you want. Mm. I want a baby that looks like me Mm. so that people can say, Oh my gosh, look at that. She does, or he does that. That's what Aubrey or that's what Heather used Mm. to do. I'm not opposed to adoption, but at that moment, that's what I wanted. And I urge people to understand why people get really, really incensed by this. Okay, You've got to give people the chance to grieve not having a child that looks like them, acts like them, comes from them, is genetically theirs, before you give them that other option. Mm. I'm also a strong believer that adoption is not an option B. That's interesting. It's not option B. You must want to adopt. Go Mm. through the process as option A. Because it's a beautiful process that a child's going to come into your life. Not because it's a, by the way, I couldn't. Therefore. Therefore, I must. Ah. Adoption is not an option B. Adoption is bringing your child into your life, as far as I'm concerned, into your life and into your family. The same way, with the same love, as a biological child would. The same intentionality. To exactly. Say, I want to I do, want I planned to you. Yes. With you the same not, intentionality. Yeah. It's not an option B. Wow. It's not a by the by. Okay. Sure. And so for me, th- that used to be the mo- one of the most hurtful things, even though I knew it wasn't ill-intentioned, mm. was to say, but you can adopt. That's not what I want. Mm. This is not what I want. I want a child that looks like me. I want a child that walks like my husband or Mm. looks like my husband or is a certain way because that's what I want. Mm. And I want to grieve that. And should I want to then adopt? It's not an option. B, support me in that journey. Don't support me with an alternative. My journey is this one, and I'd like you to support me in this journey. That's profound. And that for me was a big thing because I was like, I don't want to adopt, and I'm not saying I don't believe in adoption. I don't think that it's a it's a great gift and it's a beautiful thing. That is not what I wanted at that point. Mm. So you start getting really sensitive about things, right? <laughs> People will say things, and you'll be like, "Is it because because I'm not a mother? Why, why are you saying things like like, like really? that?" Really. It can be something as simple as some as someone saying, Give me my child. Oh, okay. It can be a simple You don't even as notice bad. it as a yeah, <laughs> you you know. might, wow. Give me my child. I know you wanna say, but I know it's your child. Why do you have to put that? Why do you have to say my child? Are you trying to make it seem like I can't have children, therefore there's no you know yes. why? Wow. Why are you saying that? I did not me? realize that <laughs> you know, it can be as simple as give me my child. I remember getting so mad with my sister-in-law, and I apologize for that because, <clears throat> and she didn't know that we had just gone through this process, and she sent photos of her children on on a group. Not her fault. It's not her fault. She doesn't know anything She's about this. Sharing. And I got so. Angry with her, you know. Wow. I got so angry with her, so it took a spiritual journey for me to be like, I would now, and this is the funny thing, I wanted to go to baby showers, not because my heart didn't hurt, because it did. Because I felt like if I did that, if I put it out to the world that I'm happy, because mm. it's not that I'm not happy for you, it's that I'm sad for myself. I don't know whether that makes no, sense. No, it does. I am a happy for you. I'm just, every time there's a baby shower, every time there are babies around me, I am sad for myself. Mm. So it became such that, you know, one of the things I'd do was always go to baby showers, make sure I had like presents for my, cousins, my nieces and nephews. It was my way mm. of saying, if the world, if I intentionally bring this energy to the world, that I am a, um, an auntie and, you know, s- some, some sort of motherly figure, mm. the universe as it were will reward me. And I mean, it's interesting you say this because you are a great auntie, by the way. And (laughs) hopefully you keep doing this because (laughs) you set the bar high. Yeah. But I remember being pregnant with my second. Yeah. And and you and I used to do these walks almost every Mm. day. And I'd kind of been saying to you, you know, when I have a second child, and it took me such a long time to say to you, Heather, I'm pregnant. Mm. Not because I thought you wouldn't be happy for me. But, but you wished it for me. I wished it for you yeah, as well. Yeah. You know, and it was one of the most heartbreaking things to say, I'm pregnant. Yeah. Why, well, aren't, why aren't you? you? Exactly. Like you know, you're, you're like, yeah. Why not? I, I get that. And I also didn't want you not to tell me these joys. Hmm. Because, you know, I'm happy for you. I really am. You know, when people in the movie and people are like, I really am happy for you. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm crying, but I'm happy. happy. I really am happy for you. <laughs> But every time this happens, I get sad for myself. Mm. It doesn't help when you've got a man who loves children. (laughs) And your husband loves children. Because you see them, right? You see it. And you see his joy when he's around children. So you know he's yearning in the same Mm. way. The difference is, while I had you and everybody else to cry to, he probably didn't have anyone. Mm. And he only said this afterwards. And that's an important factor about fertility is I think that women generally speak and they have some sort of support system, at least to the close people, maybe Mm. not to everybody else, to the close people, because I still think that there needs to be a lot more said about this. But men are particularly with no support. Mm. (laughs) You're the man. Yeah. You're supposed to have children. (laughs) What do you mean? You know what I mean? So... It was all these emotions of seeing everybody around me, everybody my age having babies and me just being unable to have the baby. But I became very intentional about letting the universe and God know that I really want this. Mm. So I'm going to play with children. I'm going to surround myself with children. I'm going to have all these things around me that could going to say, you know, this is a child-friendly place. Kids are going to come play at my house. There's going to be joy in my house. The until most such awesome a time. slumber parties. Exactly, exactly. We really want another the slumber one. slumber parties. Until such a point when the Lord realizes, surely, mm. surely he will see, Lord, this is really mm. what I want. So the second one, you know, that fails. And then the third time, I said, I'm not telling anyone. I'm just not telling anyone because it'll be a disappointment for me and it'll be a disappointment for everybody else. But before I go to the third one, sorry, on the second one, one thing that I think is very important is my dad cried to my mom Mm. the second time we failed. Oh, no. And he said, What must I do? What do I do? How do I do this? What must I do? Because I know she wants And I want grandchildren. Mm. And he kept saying to me on the side, you know, it's okay. It's okay. You know, yeah. but my mom said to me, he was so heartbroken for you because he, not only did he want a grandchild, but he wanted more children in his house. Because, you know, as you know, my, you know, my brother passed away and he, he was like, so what Lord, am I not also going to have grandchildren? Mm. What is happening? So this is another important I think, lesson in this journey is that infertility does not affect two people. Yeah. It often affects an entire community around you. Mm-hmm. Grandparents are also mourning the loss. They
1: are. They really not are. not having children.
0: <laughs> they really are. They're yearning for it. Yeah. They want it as well. They pressurize you, but at yeah. the same time, like, okay, now, you know, yeah. we also want it, you mm. know. It's not just two people around you. And people are, are praying and people are invested. But grandparents are particularly like, we also want this mm. and we want you to have. I mean, it was, particularly so, I suppose, for my dad, because the one I have is his only grandchild, right? So there's that lesson to say even though you, you're you silent in it and you're going through it and you kind of don't want to talk about it, it's also important to realize that the journey isn't just yours. Yeah, mm. are other people who are truly invested in, in this journey mm. and may not say it, but I really invested Very. in this journey. <laughs> no. I personally know I was. So, so, so as you're you saying so I'm thinking, really, yeah. Sekuru? Yeah. Then I'm like, actually, if I was invested, what more him? Very invested yeah. in this journey, you know then the third one came along and i said i'm not telling anybody i'm not I remember we were exercising a lot during mm. that time because at this point every time i entered that room that uh, clinic my blood pressure would just shoot up mm. and he was and like exciting. i'm not i'm not going to do this procedure on you if you don't if you don't manage your blood pressure mm. i'd never had any blood pressure problems but every time I went in there, it didn't matter. My heart would be just so anxious, it didn't matter how hard I tried, it would just shoot up. And mm. I'm talking high, 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 wow. you know, during that time. you know when I talk about high blood pressure, one time when it was so high, and I was almost going into to get the, the implantation. implantation, and he said, "I'm not doing it. We were ready, we'd woken up, we hadn't we'd done everything, and he tested me. I mean, it wasn't him. A nurse tested me, went upstairs to the doctor. The doctor came down, tested again, and said, no way. I'm not doing it. I'd get so angry with and, him. And, you know, you, <laughs> <laughs> I would be so angry with him. I can do this. It's just a little bit of blood pressure. Just give me <laughs> to do this. It's like, I'm not doing it. It's too dangerous. I'm not going to do it. Go back. Reduce your blood pressure, work out. And we would work out Mm. every morning. We were trying so hard to, you know, we were trying so hard to be healthy. But I didn't tell anyone. I don't even think I told you. Did I tell you? No. So what you had said to me was, I'm not trying again. Yeah. So you had said, I, I think you told me, so after the blood pressure trouble, you know, that's when you kind of opened up. But you had said, I'm not trying again. And, you know, I kept trying to think. I was like, okay. <laughs> I think I tried the forceful approach, just yeah. do it, just do, do it, just it. do yep. it. And then it was kind of like, okay, CJ, so just back back away. And yep. every every few weeks so, yep. so I'd say, But guys, what's <laughs> happening? <laughs> like, I'm not I'm doing yeah, it. Yeah. Maybe you know, adopt <laughs> and then exactly. the, you know something. <laughs> let's do something. <laughs> let's do something. Do something. <laughs> I just want to be an auntie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then we went in and we got this done. It was also two. So two the first time. To the second time, mm. Four, yeah, because we've got three left. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure <laughs> out. That's great. To the second time, um, you know, the little thing—it's like a little strawy little thing—goes in, drops the embryo in your uterus, and then the waiting game starts. I think it's about two weeks, mm. you know, and just going through life, not really wanting to think about it, and you know. I did tell my mom. My mom mm. knew you told us. Yeah, that the, you told us. I think the day you got it done or the day before. Four, I yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I said, you know, and everybody's like, okay, just waiting. They can't. They don't want to really ask. Mm. So what's happening? You'll tell us. And I remember this day distinctly because I think it was a, it was a Sunday. It was a Sunday afternoon, and I said, I'm just, you know, Monday was when I was supposed to do the test. I was like, well, let me just rush to the pharmacy and get a, a pregnancy test. Let's see. I didn't even tell Aubrey. I ran into the bathroom and I got the pregnancy test. Now, let me tell you, that thing when you're pregnant, the line, (laughs) it appears so fast. (laughs) Okay. And I was like, okay, maybe, let me not get too excited. I called Aubrey and I said, Aubrey, check, check, check. He's like, Okay, I'm not getting excited. I'm not getting excited. (laughs) Let's just go. And I think I sent you guys a picture and I said, but don't get excited, guys. Don't get excited. And everybody was like, kind of come, okay, we won't get excited. Yeah, but you know, we're excited. excited." (laughs) The next morning I went and then they finally said, you guys are pregnant. Oh. It was like a culmination of all these emotions, all these prayers, all these yearnings, all these wants. And Everything, just like, it was like a relief, and then immediately fear. Mm. What if I can't carry this baby to term? I am almost 40 years old. I'm a geriatric mom, yes. They call us <laughs> geriatric moms. <laughs> what if something happens? Mm. So I didn't, you know, except for my few family, I didn't tell no, lots you people when I was pregnant, you know. And so every day was like, what if something happens? I remember the one morning I woke up and I had been bleeding. And I was like, that's it. Mm. I always knew. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. It was true. too good to be true. You know, I psyched myself up. I called Aubrey. He'd gone to work. He came back and we went to Dr. Gorbett's And he's like, doctor says, you know, don't worry. It's fine. Until you hear that heartbeat, your life is at a standstill. <laughs> Do, 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 do. And I remember taking, I I've, we still got that video because I just went, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. And I just started crying and crying. I didn't fully enjoy my pregnancy without anxiety until mm. probably around my sixth month when I thought, well, even if it's a premature baby, <laughs> they survive <laughs> you know, after six months. They survive, they survive, they survive. They survive. But it was probably the greatest gift of my life um, when my baby girl was born in January. Um, I cannot explain to you what it means to get something that you have yearned for for so long in your arms. I just wanted her to cry as she came out. And there's a video where I go, is she crying? Is she crying? Is she crying? (laughs) You know, and Aubrey's like, yeah, yeah, she's fine. She's crying. Mm-hmm. It's the, the happiest thing that's ever happened to me is the birth of my child. <laughs> the happiest thing. It was very important that her name reflected that, reflected how we yearned and wanted her and prayed for her so much. That she was the light and illuminator of our lives. Mm. That she brought such sunshine into our home. And we wanted that reflected so much. Beyond that, we wanted everybody to realize that this is a journey so many people go through in silence, and that it's okay to talk about it. Mm. And it's okay to have options. And it's okay to use those options. And it's also okay to say to no Mm. to certain options. Mm. That's your decision. At the end of the day, if I could say something is, my wish for every woman is that they get what they want. Mm. If they do not want children, that's okay. Mm. If they want to adopt, that's okay. If they want to go through the IVF journey, that's also okay. You have options. But only you can choose mm. which option you take. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, what? And I'll probably close off with this. And I think because I'm so close to this yeah. journey, it's been deep. It's, yeah. you know. And I thank you for for bringing the emotions sure. into this discussion. What is, what do you say to Rue as she grows up? What is the story? What is her? <sighs> Her story: I have been privileged enough to see families become families beyond the traditional sense. I'm privileged enough to see, you know, you're a single mom, people who've decided to have kids on their own, people who've decided to adopt um, two-parent homes, um, you know, uh, same-sex um, couples. I want her to realize two things. One, that she was loved and wanted. Mm. Two, that she is a part of an unconventional way of coming about, but that there's so many Mm. different families out there. Mm -hmm. I do not want her to ever be shocked when she sees an unconventional family Mm. because she herself came along as a result of something that, well, we know it's science, but it's unconventional, mm-hmm. as it were. So that's what I want her to, lo- you know. I've been looking for these books that say families become families in different ways, yes. and I want that. I want her to realize that that there is range to families, and that she, she's how great is she that we wanted her so badly, that we chose this journey, that we wanted her so badly, that she came as a result of one sperm. One egg and took. So I want her to know how much she was loved. That's what I want. That's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, my my auntie question. Now I'm yeah. putting on my auntie hat. <laughs> sure. You know, are we having more? Are we going to what do we do with the three remaining embryos? It's and I and rude. I say we very <laughs> intensely <emotionally>. Yeah. <laughs> look, I want. Look, I don't know. Let me let me say this. I'm not sure at this moment because i am relishing being with her and and loving her i have 3 embryos in the fridge <laughs> mm. ready for that i'm not sure that i want to go through this journey again i think i will adopt <laughs> so this is so it's it's no so, longer so option is, b this is now want <laughs> a child that I can bring into so much of this joy. Now that I've had the biological child, I suppose I realize, you know, that my love for her wouldn't be any different mm. if she weren't my biological child. Mm. That's not to say that those that want are wrong because mm. they, they must want it. But I'm drawn and and more and more drawn to I have so much to give and my family has so much love that I hope I can bring someone in that would be a part of our family mm. and accept us as a family. Mm. And our <laughs> several crazy you know, our <laughs> craziness. So let's see where the journey takes us. I know, you know, the one thing I've learned is nothing is ever <laughs> for certain, but mm. I don't know if I'm inclined to to going through this journey again in terms of physically having the baby myself. Okay. And I don't think Aubrey is either. We've discussed this. But we kind of have a small yearning. Yeah. To, to, have, <laughs> to just have more than have one, one voice. voice and, into, and, the, yeah. and to have the fights yes, in the background. in the background. Yeah. Mm. So let me put it out to the universe. Universe? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> tell me. Tell <laughs> me what it is. But yeah, it's probably where our journey is going to take us. Okay. Would you donate your embryos? Wow. Right. That's an unexpected question. No. I donate my eggs. No. (laughs) You're really thinking about it. I don't have an answer for you. There's no right or wrong. It's just something I'm curious about. I don't think so. I don't know. I don't think so. No. No, I don't think so. Yeah. But I will say this. It kind of feels wrong that there are so many women out there who want to get pregnant and I have these eggs and these embryos which are just flesh. So the the answer right now at this Mm. moment is no. But um, here's what I say. I'm keeping them for something. Because mm. I've just paid for them. Yes. <laughs> so what is it that I'm keeping? Since I've said I don't want one, I'm keeping them for something. So I don't know. Yeah. For now, no, there's okay. no plans for that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And thank, thank you, you so for much. your courage and your bravery. And thank you for sharing your story. Thank you. And, you know, we thank the universe and we thank God for this beautiful, beautiful child. It's oh. coming to your life. She is. <laughs> Thank you so much for Thank having you. me already. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.